We're going to read scripture now. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning in verse 8. Love the sound of turning pages. We're going to start at verse 8 of chapter 11. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all, but let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. When men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire is no longer stirred. Then man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, their collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. This is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you today uh, 
a message on if I were young again. <laughs> Don't laugh. You wish you were young again. What would you do different? How many of you would like to be 18 again? There's one right there. Pray for him. Pray for Al. Pray right there. How many of you would not want to be 18 again? Um, we're going to look here at, as he ends this book about vanity and the emptiness of life, the endless repetitions. Uh, he's had pleasure. He's done everything. And as he comes to the end of the book, he says some things to young people. And I thought because we're privileged today to have our fourth graders on up. How many are in the uh, fourth grade to sixth grade category? Where are you? Raise your hand. Are you here? Okay. Good. Good to have you. All of our junior high and senior high. Where are you? Raise your hand. All right. All right. It's good to have David Meg Lockwood came here to see this baptism. Good to have you, David Meg. But I want to pick up four things uh, as he concludes the book, if I were young again. Let me say something. Did you know what age group happens to be the largest population in the United States right now? Born in 1946, and the cutoff date is what? 54? I'm a little bit before that, but that was when Fats Domino was known. Anybody know him? <laughs> little Richard, Carl Perkins, Elvis Presley. Come on, honey. Little Willie John, blues harmonica. Baby, come on. It's when music was good. Let the good times roll. Come on. These poor kids are musically starved. Pray for them. They don't know what a good dance hop looks like. Most of them were so blasted out of their mind, they don't know who's singing. We at least knew who was singing. And uh, we're the large. There's two things about age. The ones we ought to be reaching the most are those in their 60s because they're going to die pretty soon and they need Christ. And if they've lasted this long, they need Christ. And then we need to desperately reach young people because of it is 10 times worse than when you were their age. Just one little gadget in their hand gives them more access to Playboy than you ever had. We used to wonder who would buy us a Playboy at the liquor store. You don't need anyone to buy it for you. You just got to click. And it's right there. It's right there. So sin has multiplied. Opportunity to be warped. But there's four things that the wise man wraps up his book when he's talking to youth. And he says four things. Number one, enjoy your class, but be sure you pass the final. That's the first thing he tells them. I'll show it to you. Two, uh, serve your creator while you can. Serve him while you can. Because you never know when you're going to be old 
and you can't do what you'd like to do. You'd surrender your body to God a hundred times, but you still can't get out of the wheelchair. And you still can't escape your health issues. Thirdly, fear God means to put your faith in God and submit your life to God. That's what fear of God means. It's a catch-all phrase in Hebrew that means serve, love, believe, submit to. It's just a broad category. It's not just tremble, that concept. It means rank yourself under the Creator God. That is what you ought to do as soon as you can before you mess up your life anymore. Fourthly, you will only obey God if you know Him. And you won't ever obey Him until you love Him. And that's why He sent Jesus. Number one, let's look at chapter 11. Look at 11, right here, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you up in the days of your youth. If you're young, enjoy it, is what he's saying. Enjoy it. Uh, when I watch my uh, grandson play ball, I'm not just as impressed about the hoop that he makes as the fact he ran down court. <laughs> How many of you 60-year-olds can run down the court? How many of you 50-year-olds can run down the court? The only thing you run for is the refrigerator, and that's the last thing you need. But he says, enjoy. If you're young, enjoy it. Think of what you did in your youth, all the energy you took for granted. Daredevil, jump off anything, try anything. But he goes on to say, walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. Now, that's great. That sounds like carte blanche. Just live it up in your youth. Do whatever. Have a great time. But watch. He puts a qualifier right here. Watch this. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. You, 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 you don't get to say, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I made a mistake. I didn't mean to run over his foot. I didn't mean to poison my mother. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter what age you are, there is going to be a judgment and accountability for what you do. So I understand here, enjoy the 11th grade with all you want. Live it up, live it up. But the final is on the 15th. And you better pass or you're going to be repeating that grade and they asked that one boy what was his favorite grade. He said, the 10th grade. I took it four years in a row. <laughs> He's saying here, enjoy life, but life is not without accountability. Everything you sow in youth won't just go away because I didn't know. I didn't know. And he's saying, enjoy whatever season of life you're in. Enjoy youth especially. I mean, the vigor, the vitality, the way your body heals. You know, I notice people, you can almost eat anything and do almost anything you want until you turn 40. And, and he, do I have a witness? Uh, Larry Howard, this boy used to go through, I don't know how much coke by noon every day. I used to have guys that would work with me in my yard, and uh, they would go through a uh, coke, 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 coke. 
Uh, how many know that Coke is lethal? <laughs> Don't do it. But Bud Light is better for you physically than a Coke. So don't go out and say, I made you a drunk. But Bud is better than what's in a Coke. I'm a diabetic, and I went to a class. Eight teaspoons of sugar in one Coke. And you actually have children, precious daughters, that will buy their children Coke. Pray for them. Moving right on. <laughs> Get off a of Coke, and I'm not talking about the kind you snort. I'm talking about the kind you drink. Both are lap, real bad on you. He says, know that in youth, it's a great time. But uh, is it not amazing the things you choose to do before you're 21? It was especially, I think, in, when I was in my teen years, uh, all of my brothers and sisters had married in their teens. Uh, Hazel never married, but the others married early. And in that day, it seemed like teen marriages was, that's what you did. And you usually were, you got your first job in your teen years because we weren't a college crowd. We Graduate on Friday, get a job on Monday, and Wednesday, why are you loafing? I mean, you, you, you got out there. You didn't have time to discover yourself. You discovered yourself real quick. <laughs> Start paying rent this month. And uh, I think of life's greatest decisions used to be, in my day, made by the time you were 21. Most people chose their God for life by the time they're 21. If they weren't saved by the age of 21, many people just went ahead and went to hell. So if you didn't reach them in their youth, they were, they were gone. Sure, God saved people in older ages, but I'm talking about life's big choices. It was amazing in my day, most people had picked their first wife before they were 21. Their first husband. When they were so qualified to pick. They had great wisdom, you know, just had insight. They were looking for character. They were looking for ethos and virtue. And No, can you make out? <laughs> Be married, first child by 21. Then to pick your first, pick your career. And what many people did, they did what their dad did, did what their mom did. And here he's saying the choices of youth will live with you for the rest of your life. Young people, we don't want you to mess up your life before you're 21. We don't want you to mess up your life. We don't want you to have children that nobody raises. We don't want you to be in a rehab center. We don't want you to kill yourself. I don't want you to slit your wrists and do blood cutting so that you kill yourself. Oh, it's amazing what you can do before you're old enough to know better. And that's what he's saying. Enjoy your youth, but know there's a final coming, and you're going to face God for everything you did in your youth. It doesn't go away. Who you abort, who you mess up, who you get pregnant, who you hurt, who you steal, who you kill, 
There is a judge that holds even youthful actions accountable. And to die without Christ in your youth is to perish. Because you will face the judge. He goes to chapter 12 and he said, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And this word remember doesn't mean sentimental uh, cogitation. It does not mean a cognitive word. Give me, give you an example. It says, the Lord remembered Hannah and she conceived and bore Samuel. The word remember in Hebrew is an active word. God remembered Noah and he gave him the plan for the ark. It's a word of action. And so what he's saying here to young people, remember me, act towards me as your creator God, even while you're young. When religion seems the least attractive to you, it's amazing how you'll think all these peers you're going to school with, I gotta be cool with them. You don't know, you don't know this. You gotta talk to my generation. Three months after you graduate from high school, you'll probably not see that crowd hardly ever again. How many know that's true? And, and the, t the, the school hop queen and, and the man on the campus, next thing you know in my day, they're coming back from a body bag in Vietnam. Are they over in Haight-Ashbury strung out on drugs? Some of my, the best kids in our school academically became drug addicts in San Francisco. Others wound up in Vietnam. Let me tell you, kids, hear me. Those that you want to be liked by and want to be cool with, they won't even know you three months after you graduate. And when you're burying your mother, they won't be there. And when you're raising your kids, they won't be there. He's saying, remember your creator, the one who formed you in your mother's womb. You're not an accident. Don't, don't go trying to eliminate yourself. You're not an accidental birth. God planned your very conception. He planned your parents. He planned everything about you. You're not an accident. He planned where he wanted you born. He planned the color of your skin, your eyes, your hair. Oh, you're not a piece of junk. The master potter shaped you. You're made in his image. And that's why to mess with an image bearer, God holds a man guilty. Don't mess. You know, it's something when you're the father of girls. Man, I just thought, Carol and I prayed for these girls. We, we loved them. My family was good to them. They grew up in this church. I cannot tell you in my heart, please don't mess with divine property. That God made them, and just as an earthly dad, I thought, don't mess with what we prayed for. You can't imagine if you think your parents, but you say, my folks don't love me. Your God does. You're God's product. You're God's product. And he says, I want you to remember me. I want you to act like I'm there. And it means I want you to honor me. I want you to live aware of me. Proverbs 1 says, don't fall in with a crowd that says, let's rob somebody. 
Let's don't fall in with peers that want to do evil because he says in Proverbs 1, for when the evil day comes upon you, and it will, I'll laugh at your calamity. You had no time in your youth. You had no time to remember me. There will come a day you'll be like a thief on a cross who said, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, would you remember me? I'm a thief. I'm probably dying for murder on this tree. And the Roman government says, I don't deserve to live. Would you remember me? Before you wind up doing a sentence, before you wind up getting in a gang or getting killed, you need to remember the Creator now. Now. You don't have tomorrow. You see, today was yesterday's tomorrow. You don't have any tomorrows if God doesn't give them to you. And then he starts describing, if you just live a normal life, a normal life, listen to how he describes what happened to a normal life. The years will come when you say, I find no pleasure in them. Oh, I can't. What do you mean, no pleasure? Say, so, wait, wait, wait. Quit hip-hopping long enough to listen. Turn off the, someone slap that earphone right out of their ear right now. Just do it. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. He's using the weather picture. Say, before life gets cloudy, sunshine speaks of opportunity and good times. But he says, I'm predicting stormy weather to your life. Every life. I forget the Mills Brothers song. Into every life, some rain must fall. Anybody remember Mills Brothers? A few of you, ancient over there. Uh, It's going to get cloudy. Have any of you buried your parents yet? Who's buried your parents? We just lost Carolyn's brother this week. Buried her parents. I've buried my parents. Buried my first sibling. You know what? You're not going to live too long until you start burying your loved ones. If you haven't buried your parents yet, it's coming. It's coming. And it says here, clouds will come in the life. And then he starts describing the body like a house. And he starts using poetic language to describe Uh, our body going down and death visiting us. And as far as I know, no one's ever escaped this. That's lived long enough. If you die at 20, you'll escape this. If you die at 25, you'll probably escape. If you die at 40, you'll maybe escape. At 45, there are omniscient. Because your weekend warrior days are about over. Uh, Get another hot dog and watch a game. Listen to this. The day will come when the keepers of the house tremble. And I'm just giving you what the Hebrew scholars, they think this is the hands and the arms. The strong men are bent, your legs. And the grinders cease because they are few. This is before false teeth. 
What do you do when you don't have dental work? You lose your teeth. Uh, those who look through the windows are dimmed. What do you do if you don't have glasses? It's dimmer. Cataracts. Loss of vision. Now remember, we're talking here 700 years before Christ. You didn't go down and get your prescription filled. And the doors on the street are shut. Guess what they think that is? The lips. The doors. Because when your teeth cave in, your lips sink in. You just gum it. Some of you look good, but everything you've got is artificial. Uh, uh, when the sound of the grinding is low, you don't make a lot of noise gumming food. Swindoll talked about he was at a store buying food, and he was in the baby section buying stuff for his grandchildren, and uh, he saw a man buying all this baby food, and he said, boy, these grandchildren really eat it up, don't they? He said, grandchildren, nothing. I'm buying this for me. <laughs> when you lose your teeth, you eat baby food. If you don't have false teeth, you, what did you do in those days? I had a grandfather. I don't know how he ate. I never knew him when he had teeth. But he sure could chew beech nut. I don't know how he did that. Uh, when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and the daughters of song are brought low. That's a very interesting verse. You're losing your hearing, but the slightest noise wakes you up. Even a bird can wake you up. One of the blessedness of youth, you can sleep through a hurricane. Carolyn says, I still can't. Our house has been robbed five times. I've never heard it. Not really. I, I just don't hear it. But songs are brought low. They're afraid of what is high heights. Terror are on the way. The almond tree blossoms. Have you gone back to any high school reunions? You'll think you're in the midst of an almond tree grove, all the white hair. That's what he's talking about. That's why some of you, your life's verse is, I die daily. Because you don't want to look like an almond. I'm looking at the page. I don't want to look at your face. It's too convicting. The grasshopper drags itself along. The grasshopper's you. You're barely getting along. And desire fails. This is most likely a romantic sexual passion. Uh, you, you'll start singing, the thrill is gone. Uh, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Then he says, it's like the silver cord is snapped. Some make that the spinal cord. Who know, I doubt that Solomon had the, the body, but he's describing all the ways. It's like a cord being snapped. The golden bowl is broken. Some believe it was a silver chain holding a golden bowl, parts of the body. It's going to give in. What's valuable will be shattered. The pitcher is shattered at the fountain. Some take that to be the brain. The wheel broken at the cistern, using, used of the heart. But no matter, 
whether you're Jack LaLanne, Rambo, you're going to return to the earth. Dust is waiting for you. We put all the embalming fluid or all of the technique of Egypt, but guess what? You're going to die. It's appointed unto man to die, but after this, the judgment. It's not the dying that is so bad. It's what you face after death. You will face the judge. You will face the creator. And he's saying, young people, remember me while you're young because I don't guarantee you long life. You may not live beyond 18. I'm, the graves are every size. Infants die. Teenagers die. That's why all your parents are scared to death for you to get a driver's license. They want you to come home. They don't want you to be drunk with all your peer buddies. They're going to teach you to drink and how to get killed on a curve. He said, serve God while you can. And when I read this, and every child of God here, you know what we say? I don't wish I was young again so I can go out and boogie, and so I can go out and uh, act like an idiot on Friday night. I wish I was young so I could serve God all over. I wish I was young so I can give him more strength, more service. That uh, had all this, I think of a Pam White and her health issues and how I love to teach this Bible study. I'll tell you, when you're having chemo, you're not doing Bible studies. When you can't remember anything, you're not doing Bible studies. When you can't hardly get there, you're not doing much for God. You're not making any missions trips. And so he's saying, now, hear me, young people, hear me, church. If you're going to serve God, you better sign up now while you've got the strength to do anything. The day will come. The day will come. We'll be visiting you in the hospital. And let me tell you, I've been on both sides. I'd lot rather visit than to be visited. I'd lot rather do the praying. I'd lot rather say the church is remembering you than someone telling me, Pastor, we're praying for you. That's wonderful. That's nice. But God, save that for me when I'm about 98. And the way I'm a wreck, it'll be sooner. Doesn't matter. Your health and youth are a tentative trust. What have you done with the strength God's given you? Thirdly, he said, the sum of all of life is to fear God. And we don't understand that term. Look at Psalms 130, and it's a strange verse. Look at it. Psalms 130. I'm listening. It's weak. We have pew Bible. In this church, you turn to the verse when the pastor says, turn to the page. Because the Word of God will outlast all of us, right? Look at verse 4. But with you, how many are there? But with you, there is forgiveness. Notice the response. That you may be feared. Isn't that amazing? I have forgiven you, so you ought to fear me. You, it's not this kind of concept. It's a reverential awe fear. And, and all through the Old Testament, the fear of the Lord is the, it's the same as putting faith in God. 
It's the same as uh, trusting God. God is to be greatly feared in the assembly of the saints. You hear that? Greatly feared. Listen to this. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Serving God is a combination of reverential awe with joy. You see, it's what's always tricky in the service. What mood do you want when you come in here this morning? Some of you, you grew up in a tradition, the best way to describe reverential awe. I want it quiet and be still. Yeah, I mean, so no one knows that I'm sleeping. But you, that's another tradition, and many of them are noisy and exhilaration and up and, and all. Which is the right mood? Both. But don't do all of this stuff and, and all like that without reverential awe and respect for who you're doing it. This is not a circus. This is a worship center. We worship God with joy. We worship him with song. We worship him in the dance, in the tambourine. That makes some of you nervous, but I believe the Bible. I don't believe you. Amen. The Bible tells me what to do, not you. I've not seen any of you grab a tambourine, nor dance before the Lord. All you know is the Richmond stroll. David knew how to dance before God. Have you tried it? If you can do it, We'll, let you, we'll get a place over there and let you try it out. <laughs> There's different moods to God. But he's saying if you're forgiven, you ought to fear him. The idea is intimate, reverential respect. And we've lost that. That's my greater fear. There's a lot of this in a lot of places. It's do you know who you're living before, that your breath is in his hand? And that you're going before the judge. And if you do not come to fear him by putting faith in Christ, you can never treat God as he should be treated until you receive his son. God is impressed with nothing we do religiously until we come through the son. Your offerings, your lips, nothing we do. And he says the sum total of life is, did you live in the awe the respect, the trust, the submission, and the love of God. Money will come and go. Pleasure will come and go. Youth will come and go. Old age will come and go. The sum total is if you meet a man or a woman says they fear God. That is one of the characteristics of God's people. I fear him. I don't trifle with God. He is the awe of my life. And then he says, this fear leads to obedience. Uh, I would plead with you, get to know God well enough that you'll do what he says. There's a people that draw nigh to God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. And before every generation and every man and woman, boy and girl in this place, in every life, there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it's up to you. You can find out about life the sinful way and pay the consequences, or you can trust and fear God and obey God and have eternal life. 
and fearing and obeying God, it says, receive my son. Come to me before you waste your life, before you waste your life, and let me fill it. I want to tell you young people something. I don't do it often in the church, but uh, one of the reasons I love young people, I was saved at 14. Uh, that was in 1958. Uh, let's see. Uh, phones had not been invented. Cars were, you know. But I was saved then. I fell back. By 1959, I surrendered to be a preacher, 15 years old. Uh, so from 15 on, that's all I've done, really. And uh, you know what? Average intelligence, if you know what average is. But ever since I put my trust in him, he guided me about vocation. He guided me about schooling. He guided me in my moral life. He guided me to the right girl to marry. He guided me how to make money, spend money, save money. He guided me in all my human relationships. And uh, you know what? Sex drive was just as big when I was a teenager as you think it is in your life. Temptations were out there. There are not as many as today. But this God, I saw him do it in my own children and all people in this congregation. What you need to do is put your life under the management of the Creator Savior. He wants your life. He wants to save you. And uh, he wants to keep you from uh, being a father at 17. He wants to keep you from the drug crowd. He's got so much good planned for you if you could just come to him and say, I need management. Would you manage my life? Maybe you're living with a mom and dad that made all the wrong mistakes in their youth. And, and that even many a mom and dad are frozen at the mouth. I can't tell my kids what to do. I blew it. I made nothing but wrong choices. Well, don't you let your mistakes keep you from telling God's path. God's path. It's God's path that matters. And all youth. If I were young again, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd get saved at about six because I'd be done with all the big sins by then. <laughs> I'd start earlier. And after that, I'd have to say, if I die this year, if I die today, I'd sing a song, I don't regret a mile that I've walked with the Lord. What a wonderful thing to be in the household of faith over a half a century, being with God's people. I thought when we were saying goodbye to Carolyn's brother, I was thanking my dad's people when they said goodbye. It was usually singing, eating a meal. Aunts would get happy and shout a little bit. Grandma would shout a little bit, talking about, I got a home on the other side, and as a young boy that didn't even know Christ, I thought, these people act like they have already toured the city and taken pictures of it. It is so real to them. And I thought, guess what? Old age, come, do your dastardly work. Let our limbs wear out, our teeth go, our eyes 
whatever God allows. But that's, it's not all over when we go to dust. We go to dust. Our spirit goes to the God who gave it. And for Jesus, he said, I've got a place prepared for you. This life is the smallest part of your eternal existence. You just got to get it done before you really get the big house. And when you move into the big house, you're going to wonder how you lived in a doghouse so long. This earth is not to be compared with what's coming. Our outer man is perishing, but our inner man's being renewed day by day. And we're just getting ready to serve notice. We're going to be evicted and move out. Young people, hear me. You will get old sooner than you ever dreamed. And I want to tell you, be good to your mother. Be good to your daddy. And pray God to give you some kids that will help feed you when you're too decrepit to feed yourself. That's right. Let's stand. We're going to close in a final song.